This time on episode 317 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we'll be discussing Runaways, season 3, episode 9, The Broken Circle, and season 3, episode 10, Cheat the Gallows. I'm Andrew from the Dad.io podcast. Life supplies the inputs and we supply the outputs. Part of the Going to Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other fantastic and amazing geeky shows at goingtogeeknetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Haley. And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Groundhog Day, Sunday, February 2nd, 2020, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast Dark Dimension wide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat and chat with us as we record. Ladies, as I said before, it's Groundhog Day. It's Palindrome Day. Woot. I suspect that the Groundhog saw his shadow, which means we have six more weeks of winter ahead of us. Winter ends. There's a date. It doesn't matter about the Groundhog. Just there's a date doesn't move groundhog it's on the no groundhog it's march 21st right yeah like that's it <laughs> and we move on yes i'm a rocket scientist i understand the solar calendar are rocket launches timed by when a groundhog sees its shadow is that a standard unit of measurement i'm sure it is in some timelines not ours <laughs> in the darkest timeline I am going to have to put that on the TV as we prep for the Super Bowl watch party. And it'll be interesting in my house this year for reasons I'll leave or maybe an outtake. So anyway, uh, Haley, you are getting set to watch the Super Bowl, though. Yes. Are you watching it at home? You're watching it with a group of people. You're watching it in a sports bar. Probably watching it at home. We might go to a bar. Okay. Still up in the air. Good luck with your team. And again, they are not playing the Patriots. I know. It's good times. Good times indeed. All right, let's get on with the rest of the show. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series, and the Marvel cinematic and comic book universes in general. Because cell service sucks. If you'd like to talk to us about your crappy cell service, you can visit our website, legendsofshield.com. If you actually have bars, on your phone, you can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. Whether or not you have bars, you can visit our Facebook page, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, you can find our videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash gunnageek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. And you can complain about your crappy cell service on our Discord server chat at gunnageek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network. Agent Lauren is not with us today. I suspect she is also going to go to a Super Bowl watch party, but she also is in the stages of unpacking. 
So she will be closer to returning to the podcast. Wait, 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 what what stage of unpacking is Lauren at? Like anger, denial, bargaining? I didn't realize there were so many stages of unpacking. You haven't moved in a while. No, I've moved my kids, but I have not moved in 15, 16 years. Okay. And I've also moved out of the lake home and back into the lake home. So a lot of moving that I've done, but just not out of my house. So what stage do you think Lauren's in? Cursing at boxes. So anger. Most of the largest stage is anger. That would be the Lauren that we know. All right. In the meantime, we've got the finale of the Runaways to get to, and we're going to get to it right now. The third season of Runaways aired, dropped on Hulu December 13th, 2019. We are within two months of that happening, which is phenomenal here on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we have two episodes that we'll be covering, the penultimate episode and the finale episode. Haley, why don't you break down the creative team to the penultimate episode, The Broken Circle? This episode was directed by Gita Patel. She has 19 directing credits starting in 2008, including one episode of The Mick, one of Fresh Off the Boat, three of The Mindy Project, five of Superstore, two of Sweet Bitter, one of Runaways, and one of The Magicians. And the episode was written by a team. The first writer was Russ Cochran, who has 13 writing credits starting in 2000. Those credits include seven episodes of Whistler, three of Flashpoint, four of Orphan Black, and two of Runaways. The other writer was Kirk A. Moore, who has five writing credits starting in 2010. And those credits include two episodes of American Crime, one episode of 13 Reasons Why, one of Looking for Alaska, and four of Runaways. Michelle, the finale episode of all Runaways, including season three, titled Cheat the Gallows, who was the creative team behind this episode? This episode was directed by Ramsey Nickel, who has three directing credits starting in 2017, one American Crime, three Runaways, and one episode of Nancy Drew. Written by Quentin Peoples, 17 writing credits starting in 1993, including three Flash Forward, four Unforgettable, two Iron Fist, one Inhumans, and six Runaways. And Runaways is based on the Marvel comics by Brian K. Vaughn and Adrian Alfona. And technically, this marks the end of Marvel TV as we've known it that has been on the air since 2013. However, we still have a lot of stuff to cover, including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, which will come about in like May or June. So four or five months, six months from now, will be the finale of all of what we understood as Marvel TV. But this was pretty much the end. This was the last thing that was produced. And this is it. And I was watching the penultimate episode, The Broken Circle. And I got to the end of that. I was like scratching my head a little bit going, you know, what's left? This is it. This They beat Elizabeth Hurley. Morgan Le Fay is gone. What else do they have to do? Did you two feel the same way? Kind of, but I also thought we might get an episode of like grieving for Gert. Me too. Yeah, I thought we were going to get an episode perhaps grieving with Gert, perhaps finally learning what killed the aliens. Got that from Stacy. Would have liked something like that. Yeah, the the fin- finale is not what I was expecting. 
I will say that you called it, Michelle. You said that there was going to be a sacrifice going into this final battle with Morgan Le Fay. You called it. It was one of the kids. I was kind of shocked that they did that. And of course, we got the last episode, but you called it. You were good. And you did not see it before you called it. Correct. It's a witch thing. A lot of powerful dark magic things always require some sort of sacrifice. And just to be clear, we have not sacrificed Lauren on this show. She's just moving. She's not sacrificed. And I don't mean a witch general thing. I mean, someone who's decided to take the dark path, witching, which is in general, is not like good or bad. It's just how you go the path. That's what I mean. Interesting that you should say that. I did some research into the title for episode seven, Left Hand Path, last time. It was all to do with uh, alternate religion, spiritualities, and Wiccans. I put some articles in the show notes for last week. So if you're interested in that, go click on those and see all sorts of stuff and why the episode was named Left Hand and Path. So after I read those articles, I'm like, it makes it's a no brainer why they were name that way but uh, we didn't have those articles as we were recording last week so uh, we were stumbling through what the theme of the episode was based on the title not any longer anyway this episode the penultimate episode finally had the parents just sticking together and saying we need to help the kids they were trying to isolate the kids rather than working with them but in the end they worked together and so it took three seasons for all the kids to actually work together with the parents. Haley, how'd you feel about that? Well, we've kind of gone on a journey with the parents as well of them going from, you know, evil, evil secret cult to just trying to take care of their kids. It took us a while to get there and that's what ha- happened. And they kind of had to prove that to their kids that they had taken that journey before the kids would be willing to work with them. Michelle, do you think the evil secret cult is gone for pride? Yes, they've been turn their their kids have found them out they've been their kids have stood up to them they've been possessed by aliens they really didn't like that i think the evil pride with the parents i think that's done and you did have jeffrey with tamar it was great seeing tamar for the last time i didn't realize it was gonna be the last time but she had a bunch of really great analogies when she was talking to jeffrey in the car i was Kind of remiss that we didn't get Tamar again because she did have a lot of great one-liners. The Beyonce comment, it, it, was, it was all funny. Yeah, how she called the witches stands and Elizabeth Hurley's, you know, Morgan as evil Beyonce. <laughs> it was fun. Also in the episode, we found out that Dale is not so helpless after all. I mean, he was able to convert a protein shake mixer into a centrifuge and basically created the magical injection that shielded everybody from Morgan's magic. Now, remember, magic is just science. We don't understand. That's fair. That's fair. And unfortunately, we'll get there later, but that brings up all sorts of questions on what exactly is left in the dark dimension. And are we going to be able to see any of those characters later? Like if we got some sort of movie out of this or crossover into Dr. Strange that we'd be able to see what was going on back there. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to talk about that. But before we get there, Tina did give up some life force. So not only Dale, but Tina really made some sacrifices as they were jetting up for this final boss fight. She gave away some of her life force, which reading some of the Scarlet Witch comics, I understood that that is the case, at least for Marvel. 
And at least Tina made it to the end of the boss fight. Now, I didn't see her in 2022. I didn't see her in 2028. Well, we didn't see anybody but Chase in 2028. But I'm assuming she made it to the end of the series and that the life force she gave up wasn't all that much. Haley, how do you feel about that? So was it her blood or the spell she did on the salt that made it take her life force? Because I was wondering if Gert's blood ended up in the salt instead. No, it was Tina. Tina um, cut her hand. Okay. That trope of like cutting your hand is okay and your hand's going to be fine, which it would not be. Yeah. Don't cut your hand. Like if you need blood, don't cut the palm of your hand. It's the worst place. It'll never heal. It's going to get infected. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, it was her blood, and then when she was saying the spell into the salt, she was giving up, Okay, yeah, some life, a few years of her life into that. This one's come off the end anyways, it's fine. And then we got the dagger. The dagger that we had spent the entire crossover really getting and infusing with both magic and with Tandy's powers and everything, and it turns out that, yeah, it didn't work, and just got absorbed into Morgan. I was disappointed. That a lot of the magic stuff that seemed to have been building just went poof. I was really expecting a lot more of a magical showdown. I understand like only Nico and Tina could have actually done like the witchy fight against Morgan. But it would have been great if perhaps Old Lace was involved somehow. Like the kids would have had to have probably dealt with, you know, the other witches and, and such. Old Lace has barely been in this season. Yeah, we got the driving of Old Lace. And I kind of thought, if you think back to that first, I think it was the first episode, might have been the second episode where Dale was teaching Gert how to drive Old Lace. I thought we were going to get some of that in this series that Old Lace would be used in that matter. And we didn't. It was just Old Lace lounging around the house and then left for six months and then came back and went feral because the kids were gone. So old lace really wasn't used all that much in this season. Or throughout the series. I really thought this season we were going to get that ultimate Gert old lace team up because that's her superpower. And we didn't get it. Gert died. It was like in this epic sort of way with like old lace or anything. It was just, I get it, but I would have liked to have her to have had some superhero moments. Like Molly had a lot of superhero moment, moments. Chase with his Fitzagons, Alex being Alex. But Gert never really got that old lace battle. Didn't have to be at the end with Morgan. It could have been like with the aliens or something, but she never had that whole getting to drive old lace superhero kick butt moment. She never got that moment, but she did get the sacrifice moment. And she was the one that stood up to Morgan and was sly and went around Morgan, create the circle of salt that ultimately confined Morgan. Morgan could have gotten out of it eventually, but Tina came around and banished her, vanquished her using her own spell book through the glasses, through the wizard glasses from Robert to the dark dimension. I don't know if it's permanent or not, but at least it lasted a few years least eight years we can say because we saw chase in the future and i don't think morgan was back in the future at that point different timeline different things can happen i suppose but they did win because of gert's sacrifice and gotta hand it out of all of them gert probably hurt the most to lose yes she went through so much she was honest about her anxiety what dale and stacy did to her with the whole memory thing watching her struggle with 
I want to defeat the patriarchy, but now I'm falling for this guy and I want to be a strong, independent woman. But I'm also involved in the superhero stuff, but I want to go to college. I want to go to Smith. She really had this great, and that moment where she was trying, like she was apologizing to Chase, and then Chase was zoned out. But he was like, Look, you still have time to apply to Smith. That's why I was zoned out. That was sweet. Haley, there were two things in this episode, the penultimate episode, that I still have my, I'm scratching my head over, possibly three. So you had Molly, which was hit by lightning, and then some scar or symbol was imprinted on her chest. Morgan let her go. I don't understand why there was the scar on her chest. And I don't understand where the stupid box with the phone came from. Can you help me with any of that? Okay, so they let her go because they couldn't, like, once they started their spell, they couldn't stop. Like, that was the whole plan, was once they started, they couldn't stop. So they were going to wait for them to start the spell, go in and grab her, and they would have to keep going with their incantation to do whatever it is they were doing. So that's why they let her go, because they couldn't stop their spell. And then, what was the other question? Oh, the scar? Because uh, scars look cool, and it's like magic and lightning, and so that's why it looks like that, because magic. And then, the phone, I don't know, somebody put it there. One of the hinged ladies. Yeah, but they would have had to have been there to put it there, and they didn't know where the place was. I don't know. Dude, I saw what you saw. <laughs> Michelle, are we missing anything? The only thing I can think of, either someone perhaps, I don't know, it was, a, it was a box in an odd location. It got Chase's attention. Time travel? You're saying Morgan Le Fay conducted time travel to no, put the box? No, I'm saying, well, we had two time travelers in the last episode. Well, let's put it that way because it comes back to this because you see this episode in a different way in the last one. You have Alex and Chase being time travelers, perhaps one of them put it there. I don't know. I don't know either. It's a big mystery. So we'll use the because plot device there unless a listener can point us in the right direction of why any of that happened. I suspected that Molly's symbol on her chest had something to do with the spell and maybe had a geolocation patch on it or something like that. And that's why they let her go is it was planned from the beginning that she was going to get stolen or, or rescued and brought back to the hostel of which then Morgan could attack. But I'm not sure where the phone came from. I mean, it might've come out of that or not. I don't know. Uh, it was kind of dropped after the episode, Molly's scar. I mean, they had to talk about it, but after that it was, it was nothing. So, all right. So that was the penultimate episode and the finale episode. It starts with Chase and we get the payoff from season. One. I will call it a payoff from season one because we had the time travel uh, tease in season one that came around and we finally got it with Chase actually making it happen and then saving everybody because some bad things were happening. A future version of Alex Wilder was going around killing everybody. I liked it as a good epilogue. It showed where everybody was a few years from now, although those timelines are changed now. And I like time travel. However, I feel like I'm alone because, first of all, Haley, apparently time travel doesn't work like that. Well, here's the thing. The version of Chase that created time travel 
was created by the death of Gert. And he gets all the way to the end, and that chase saves Gert and then disappears because they changed the timeline. So that chase never existed. So that chase could not have saved Gert. It's a paradox, and it should implode the universe. But as Fitz said before, time is fixed. Like we experience time in an order, but whatever happened, happened. And you can't change time. So that's not how time works. However, there are different branches of the timeline, which we saw both on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Flash, and I saw it mapped out on both. And I think I'm okay with the extra timeline out there that the one that we're on now, but it okay, diverts but if, from... If this is a different timeline, then those versions of them should not have disappeared. They're just in this other timeline now. Not necessarily. I've seen it go both ways. No, it's either they're in a different timeline, in which case both versions of the people can exist, or it's the same timeline, in which case you can't change it. You can't have it both ways. Well, apparently we had it both ways on The Flash. <laughs> the Flash play fast and loose with time. No. I expected more from you, Marvel. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> okay, so you have an issue because this is not how time travel works. Michelle, you have a different issue with this plot device. Oh, I do because I watch other things and I have seen this in first off, we had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season six ending with some sort of time travel. We don't know how season seven is going to be, but we have that. We had Arrow in game. Keep it in with Marvel. We had in game. There's another show and another show. One show. I don't want to spoil things. And then another show, which is on Netflix, just dropped. So it's only been available for a couple of weeks. And I don't want to spoil that. And now this, I'm really tired of shows ending with using time travel to go fix things. It's like, I want something new. I want something different because, ugh. Like the Good Place finale made me cry, but it was masterfully done. And that was great. I didn't have any weird time travel things going on. Uh, but this is just like, are you kidding me? This again? I'm getting, it's the whole like this again, this again, really? Oh. I'm not going to argue with you at all because I understand where you're coming from. I like this plot device personally. You go back to Star Trek, The Next Generation. They did it very well. They merged three timelines together in order to make it happen with all good things. I get your point that it's repetitive, so I'm not going to take anything away from how you feel about it, and it probably is overused. I think part of it was that the Runaways showrunners were looking at this and going, this could be the finale, we have to fix everything, which means that we'd have to tie up that loose end from season one, which we've talked about, at least I've talked about it, I haven't let it go. They kind of did they kind of didn't it was chase it wasn't his dad as we thought might be it wasn't victor okay it was a way to go oh it was always chase chase is the one that broadcasted back so obviously chase would have been the one to have figured out how that happened i wasn't upset that chase went back through time that would have been a way to have said goodbye to gert i just finished watching Star Wars 
Rebels. And that's been off for a while, so I can spoil that. In there, uh, yes, Ezra gets Ashando out, but two times he has the opportunity to sort of like mess with the timeline. And he doesn't because he realizes that these meaningful people in his life died, but they died for a reason. And he realized that if he would have changed it, he could have made it worse. And he is like, I have to let it go. It would have been great to have seen Chase try that, but then realize I have to let it go to be instead of obsessed with it. I have to mourn Gert, which it seems like he hasn't done for eight years actually mourn her and move on with my future self that i think would have been a lot more meaningful i did enjoy them going back to the high school and interfacing with gert you saw everybody basically have an interaction with gert and you saw what it meant to everyone and they all were deeply into it also this was on the day that was supposed to be their third anniversary from the date and that has special meaning for somebody's death in a lot of different ways yeah it was an emotional appeal it was nice to see that they hadn't forgotten about her and i think that might have twisted how they felt about everything i want to ask Haley. Mm-hmm. so Haley, we understand like when in the bus scene, everybody's seen like the future selves. Nico has gotten so powerful to where she could do the Jedi mind wipe, but she didn't get to that version's Gert to do the mind wipe because when, when we have that alternate thing, she actually looks at future Chase and says Pirates of Panzant. So she remembers that moment when he was, I'm sorry, you do not out anyone's mental illness in front of anyone. You do not do that. We know that Chase is an idiot. I'm just saying, not just for Chase, but I'm looking at everybody out there. Don't do that. That was awful about what Chase did. But so she obviously remembered that. So wouldn't her relationship with Chase have been different? I mean, we don't even know how. Yeah. Okay. Haley, take it away as why. Gert. Yeah, please. I mean, it would have been like Nico didn't know about that interaction. So she didn't know to go wipe Gert's memory. and. Yeah, having that additional moment with Chase like that would have colored her view of him. Maybe because it happened so close to all the other, like, just getting to know him again stuff, that moment kind of gets glossed over in her memory. But still, it seems like she sh- there should be consequences of that interaction that we don't see. One thing that we do see is evil Alex Wilder. He's been kind of evil ever since he made the decision in the Dark Dimension to kill his mom. Mm -hmm. He propagated that with the first generation of what was going on the first time around where he killed the witch with the same knife. And then he's using the same knife that's super powered in the future, too. But definitely an interesting character. And there's still some of that past... Alex in him because he's talking about the Star Wars hotel. Tell us about future Evil Wilder. I think one of the biggest disappointments of, I don't know if it's even of this season, but of the cancellation of the show is that we don't get the payoff of all the setup for Evil Alex. We got when Tandy was there, she saw what his greatest hope was. 
and it's him with everybody else's powers and they're nowhere to be found. And we get this glimpse into the future where we know Alex is evil because he has more facial hair. And I think that probably would have been the big storyline next season, but we don't get that. And it's just a little disappointing to see where they would have gone with that. Do you make him just the big bad of the series going forward? Or do we get to see the redemption where his friends save him from this dark evil timeline that he's trying to put himself in? I'm just disappointed again. So at the very end, we see the note underneath his wallet. And I'm scratching my head even why we saw that. But I guess it was brought up earlier in the episode. So you have to keep it. Like if I knew the series was going to be canceled, maybe I would throw a different version an edited version of this out. There, I think if they knew the show was getting canceled, there are some things that I would have edited out. Like maybe you edit out Tandy seeing his wish for the future and you edit out the part where he leaves that note. Like just a few small changes so you don't have this big setup for him to be a villain that you're not going to get the payoff for. But somebody, not Alex, I don't think it was Alex, I don't think it was his writing, said infiltrate Wilder Innovations, hide Mancha. I don't know what Mancha is, and then kill Nico. Okay. I think it was the other Alex. Oh, you think it was Alex? I thought he said it wasn't his writing. Well, no, he said, I didn't write this, but it's because it was his handwriting. Oh. Yeah, that's the note from Evil Alex. So Evil Alex came back to do those things, and now that Evil Alex is gone, those things aren't going to happen. Well, here's the thing. Everybody disappeared, but that note didn't disappear. Fair. I don't know what kind of wackadoo time travel rules they have in this universe. Yes, because not only did Alex have more facial hair, he had bad. Oh, he had that weird like outline. It's not a good shape. Like it just makes your face look fat. So you have the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. time travel. This is just Marvel, by the way. You have the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. time travel rules. You have the Endgame MCU Kevin Feige time travel rules. And now you've got the Runaways time travel rules. And I don't think any of them really are the same. Which is why it's really disappointing. <laughs> I like any version of time travel. At least it provides a nice back and forth. But yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Okay. Uh, one thing I will give you a nod for is more and more we're seeing more of the Doctor Strange sort of magic CGI and the Doctor Strange spell throwing that has been incorporated in runaways as it's gone forward michelle you've been a big proponent of this as it's been arising over the last three seasons what should we take away from this uh first off i have to give credit to lauren because she's really the one that um started this you know planted the seed in me and because of that i've been sort of like watching it that way as well not only with uh nico's eyes being reminiscent of the villain from Doctor Strange but we're also getting like when Tina does her spells it actually looks like the rounded multiple layered spells like Doctor Strange does and then Nico talks about going away for three years it seems as though she probably went to Tibet and got maybe either taught by probably not Doctor Strange because he's mostly in New York but uh, Wong perhaps, or somebody in that sort of Doctor Strange universe. I think it would depend on if she could bring money for a tuna sandwich. Right. I think she could have. 
I really do. I, it's like, I think they got away with a lot of nods to Doctor Strange without upsetting Feige or anyone else over in the MCU. I thought that was really cool that they were able to sort of like plant these seeds and go, even though maybe we're not part of it, we're part of it. Yeah, it's a good way to do this where it's like you're in the same universe, like you're not having active crossovers with the movies just because that's impractical. But we we all exist in the same sandbox. Now that both Cloak and Dagger and Runaways have concluded, they've been canceled. Do you see any of these characters moving on into the MCU? Nope. Uh, before the whole Fox thing, perhaps, but with them buying Fox and getting the mutants and they actually still have that deal with Sony with Spider-Man. Nope. Yeah. They got a lot of toys to play with and try to integrate back in, even if they have lost Captain America and Iron Man. I would agree with that. Uh, so it'd be difficult to carry any of these characters into it. Not impossible. And who knows? You can't say anything. I mean, the last X-Men movie where they were doing the time travel there, you saw a lot of characters that you didn't think you would be seeing. And I'm not talking about Apocalypse. I'm talking about the one before Apocalypse. Days of Future Past. Is that the one? I thought there was another one in there. Nope. Days of Future Past is the one with the time travel. Okay. So you got to see some characters that you wouldn't want normally would you've seen. And also, there's a gifted that's still out there, too, where some of these characters could be brought in. I mean, I'm not saying there are. I'm saying that they are available for Kevin to play with, whether he wants to integrate them or not. And yes, this is Kevin Feige's party. He gets to decide what goes on. He can cry if he wants to. He can bring characters in if he wants to. He can go forward if he wants to. I mean, he does have that one Star Wars movie that they're letting him play with. But I think that's just a creative release for him. So that he can focus better on the Marvel. I think it's Disney trying to figure out what to do with Star Wars. It's a con- it's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> Talking about like Kevin Feige and toys. Now I just picture him from like that scene in Spaceballs when he's <laughs> helmets playing with the action figures, and it's like, no, no, you're going to kiss, and the guy comes in. Are you playing with your dolls, sir? I am not playing with my dolls. <laughs> They're not dolls. They're action figures. Yeah. All right. We get to the end. Everything's good. I think when they're walking out, at least, everything's good for them. And that the runaways actually have progressed and the characters have progressed a little bit. Is it ideal? No. But I had fun watching these three seasons and the two seasons of Cloak and Digger. And I really had fun watching the crossover. So. I was entertained, and that's saying something. Haley, what did you think about the series? I mostly enjoyed it. I, I have said from the beginning that I think their pacing was a little off, especially in the first two seasons, and I really wish we had had one more season where they knew this is where they were going to finish up, and they were able to just tie up all those loose threads. Like I think the aliens probably would have come back. I think we would have seen Alex and his evil journey and his redemption, maybe. Uh, just some things that I would have liked to see that we didn't get. Michelle, you want to wrap up the series in your own words? I was entertained. I'm disappointed in those sparks that they could have done and they didn't take advantage of. I'm glad it was made. I I was entertained like with Cloak and Dagger. I thought it was a very interesting take on the how to do a comic book show. 
And I have to admit, I really enjoyed Elizabeth Hurley as Morgan Le Fay. After this, I don't really see anyone else being Morgan Le Fay. Even if you do Doctor Strange and you want to introduce Morgan Le Fay, you get Elizabeth Hurley. She was just magnificent. She really, it's like, you knew she was supposed to be evil, but the way she's delivered certain things, it's like, you know, yeah, I, I can see that point of view. She was just so gentle evil and manipulative and had the best boob window outfit i'm not really a big fan of the boob window i've gone all season without talking about the boob window i really don't like them but i have to admit elizabeth hurley she has the best boob window outfit how could you not i mean i'm glad i didn't say it first but the last episode that she was in it was like oh how could you not i mean it was right there. They focused on it. It was like, here it is. It was like an extra character in the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she had all the, her, all her uh, witches around her and her coven and everything. And it's like all of them were covered up and they were just admiring her boob window. Yeah. I mean, and also, yeah, her little witches were that standard, very thin supermodel thing, which uh, that disappointed me because Elizabeth Hurley, like if you notice, she... She has thighs, you know, women have thighs. Let's acknowledge this. I like that she, you know, had, they celebrated that sort of body. She had that, you know, the, the dress with the two slits so she could do the, like her own like witchy superhero pose. I just, I loved her. I wish we had more of her. Yeah. I think the story was pretty cool. It took us from the origins up to this point, and there's more to come in the stories, and the comics definitely have more in there. So if you're interested, that's where to continue the story would be the comic books for these characters. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing them again sometime. It's going to be fun. So now that we've closed the window on our streaming services, we're going to go back to FX. And next week, we're going to be wrapping up Legion Season 3. Now, we haven't started it yet, but we'll take it two episodes a week. So for those that are watching the episodes before they see or hear our podcast, we'll be taking Legion Season 3, Chapter 20 and Chapter 21, which are the first and second episodes of the third and final season of Legion. After that, we will get back into the Netflix shows, starting with Jessica Jones as we await the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And with that, what we're going to do is we're just going to leave some dangling plot threads along the way and walk on out of here. Thank you, everybody that has watched and listened to the podcast over Cloak and Dagger and the Runaways. We really appreciate your interaction back and forth. We've seen some interaction on Discord. We've seen some interaction on Twitter. Thank you, everybody, very much. And especially thank you to those of you like F. Smittick, who has shown up in our live chat and has been talking back and forth with us today. So thank you very much for that. Thank you to everyone that chooses to listen or watch the podcast in whatever way you choose to listen or watch. Uh, we appreciate you all being here. And we look forward to whatever other Marvel goodness we get to talk about with you in the future. Yes, thank you for listening to us talk about various shows. Thank you for listening to my therapy. I needed a therapy session today, so thank you for listening to it. That's why we do the podcast. Have some therapy. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Director SB. I'm Agent Haley. And I'm Agent Michelle. See everybody next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. This time on episode 317 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., We'll be discussing Runaways, Season 3, Episode 9, The Broken Circle, and Season 3, Episode 10, Cheat the Gallows. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just put, I saw the title that I put on Spreaker for Better Podcasting 217. I put a W after the B. What podcasting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's uh, funny. Yeah. I, I need to fix that right now. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> oh, it's been that type of a week. I actually didn't have, uh, I thought I had the the live for better podcasting ready to go. I didn't. So as we're doing the intro, I'm frantically trying to work over here off camera on my computer, <laughs> which I have to lean over to do while Steven's trying to pan to me the whole time. <laughs> Just ready. Fix speaker. Did you see the Star Trek pilot on YouTube? The Picard pilot? No. In case you didn't know, the Picard pilot is on YouTube, right? And I did watch it for free. Uh, It's on the CBS All Access channel on YouTube. It was interesting. I mean, I'm not going to spoil you or anything, but it was interesting to the point where I'm like, okay, I will put it in my watch order, but I'm not going to pick up CBS All Access until I have a clearing in my watch order so that I can go watch it and probably burn through as much Star Trek as I can in that free month. So Discovery, my focus would be on Picard, but then go back and watch what I can of Discovery. I hadn't been following it close because I didn't plan on watching it just because I didn't want to pay for CBS All Access. So I was a bit mildly surprised at a couple of the plot points that I hadn't been following close in the the lead up to the series. And I don't know if I would have been paying close attention if I would have known about the specifics of a few of the plot points, but it did go in the direction that I thought it was going. I just, there's some particulars that I didn't pick up on. So it was pleasant surprises. Wait a bit. And also some breaches in what I consider to be continuity, but perhaps those will be explained. All right, let's start recording, everyone. Boom. Yeah, okay. Things are moving. All right, Haley, you good? Yep. Okay. Well, top of the dock in here. Hey, stop it. Knock it off. Out. Okay. Nope, out. Sorry.
Was that the dog? No, it was the cat. Oh. I have a rack of clothes that are drying, and she was attacking the bras. You know, that's probably what I would do. <laughs> well, then you would get kicked out, too. I've been kicked out of other rooms. Bras are expensive. We do not attack them. You're telling me. Fit the bill for three women filled <laughs> bras around here. Oh my God, they're expensive. Oh, Haley, I can't wait till you watch Legion season three. <laughs> How's you- it going to be two episodes a week? What's that? How is two episodes a week going to be? Is it going to be like? It is oh God, not as it? it. No, it is not as dense as season two. Okay, but you are going to have a lot of opinions. <laughs> well, good. I'm half wondering if Feige is going to be forced into creating another series on ABC. We'll see. I think he has enough clout to. I think with these, here's the thing. I think before. They knew about Disney Plus being successful or not. I bet there he there was like this whole sort of talk about him having to do an ABC show. Disney Plus is uh, very successful. Let's just put it that way. And I think now, because he has so much of the TV stuff coming up on Disney Plus, and Disney Plus is so successful, I think now he can he has that card to play of like, nope, let's just put it on Disney Plus. I, that's my sandbox now. That in the movies. That's all where I want it. That's it. No place else. I'm Kevin Feige. You can't tell me I have that spoken. I need. Well, I could see him being able to point to Star Wars and say, see, this is what happened and his own stuff over on Marvel, Marvel TV. And see, th- this is what happens when you get everything that's too congested. So if we stick to really good stuff that comes out a little bit longer in between, then we'll retain our momentum and our viewership and we'll be able to keep telling fantastic stories as we go along i think back in 2013 they saw the phenomenal thing that was happening with um cw and with the popularity of avengers they were like okay we need to go all in on this so they created you know marvel tv under jeff Loeb and started down that path but i, I think kevin can clearly say look you failed with star wars and one of the reasons is you had too much content out there. One of the reasons Marvel TV failed is too much content. And I think we need to to wrap it up and uh, be a little bit more consistent. So WandaVision is the first up, but that's it for 2020. Then we have to wait till 2021 until we get the next TV thing on Disney+. Plus. Well, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is coming out. In 2020? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm looking, I'm going to look everything up. And I'm going to see when it's supposed to be. And I'm going to add the movies in there because I know we talk about the movies as well. So that's something I'm going to do. Uh, Haley, good luck. I know you're going to take this personally, that you are personally responsible for this loss or this uh, victory this afternoon. Yep. It's all on my shoulders. It's a heavy burden I bear. Especially since you're dating a 49ers fan. She's not really a 49ers fan. Uh, her dad is a 49ers fan, though. Mm. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2020.